Hello, welcome to the Death Labs podcast. We talk about all things threat research, and I'm joined here today by Ed Gibbs from Who Is XML API. Great data source that we use that I've used in several different capacities throughout my career in terms of seeing domains out there on the internet. We talk a lot about data sources and how to find badness. So I'm, I'm glad that we're going to have this conversation today to kind of introduce it is that often when people think the cybersecurity and hacking, right, is somebody, you know, creating some remote vulnerability, person in a hoodie in a basement, hacking through, dropping O-days, the reality is, is the overwhelming majority of the time, the attacker gets their in initial access, right, of tricking the user to compromise themselves. That could be an email, it could be a fake web page. And we were talking just before this, right, that our technology stack makes it really easy for human beings to make mistakes. Last show, we talked about business email compromise and romance games, again, a form of that where we don't have good tools by which non-tech savvy people can verify authenticity. So we're stuck dealing with the problem on the back end, which is what we're going to talk about that. So I'm really glad that we've got Ed on the show. I'll let you introduce yourself and then we'll jump right into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks, John. Uh, as John mentioned, I'm with Who is XML API. I've been here going on three years now and act as the field CTO. So my job is to essentially help enterprise customers uh, work with uh, all the data sets and APIs that we offer uh, that are security related. Uh, been in this industry for about 30 years now. Uh, everything from the very first commercial firewall, which was, uh, boy, aging myself here, a digital equipment corporation, uh, SEAL, S-E-A-L, uh, which was a three-gated Unix system, and uh, all the way through Checkpoint and uh, Cisco PIX, uh, Firepower, you, you name it, I've probably worked on it. But, uh, you know, what we do uh, essentially is provide uh, all this data sets, uh, very large data sets, uh, to various customers. And, uh you know, having the experience of working with a lot of technology companies have given me a lot of exposure uh, and uh, have seen a lot of things, uh, uh, like John mentioned, not only just uh, uh, the tech stack side of it, but also the human element side. So uh, that's probably what we're uh, going to focus on today. Right. I think it's, well, I did, probably what I'm going to focus on a lot, right, is the human element is the real problem. It's not the solution, right, is we're trying to use technology to solve a human problem. And there's only so far you're going to win. And the answer is you're not going to win. You might make things marginally safer or whatever. The reality is we've got unlimited job security. Sorry, but I'll be able to pay for my kid's college. So thanks. You know, we're going to talk about, you know, domains and, and how to find things. And, you know, with DNS, right, the system that allows human beings to access the Internet, really, right? Uh, computers care about ones and zeros. They don't care about names. DNS was a system to make it intelligent. You want to go to my company website? It's netrich.com. That's not what's in the packet. That's just to make it human accessible. Uh, so everything on the internet begins with, with a DNS request for a domain name. Everything bad on the internet begins with a DNS request for a domain name. So, so tell us a little bit, you know, how do criminals use domains? Right? How, how are you seeing uh, some of that behavior uh, generally play out in the initiation, initial phases of uh, cybercrime? You know, uh, nothing much has changed uh, since DNS uh, became really uh, pervasive, right? Uh, people register domain names. Uh, sometimes they'll uh, uh, create uh, unique domain names that look like or very similar to uh, the actual uh, domain that you want to go to uh, and try to uh, trick you into going there. Uh, now, a lot of times, you know, the human eye is going to be uh, look at something very fast and say, okay, make a, a judgment decision, yes or no. And, uh, you know, something that looks like 
uh, a keyword that you might be familiar with. Uh, some, you know, it's very tricky uh, to be able to determine what's real or not. Uh, there's many, many ways to do this. Now, what they're doing today is uh, somewhat different. I, I see a trend here. Uh, is that they'll register uh, thousands and thousands of domain names. Uh, the largest cluster we had in the last two years was 13,000 domain names, uh, a cluster being a single entity that registered many, many domain names. Uh, and the reason they do that is because if uh, the content filters, the URL blockers, uh, and the other uh, tech stacks out there that want to block these URLs, uh, they may pick up a few of them. Uh, even 10% uh, would probably be a good number. Uh, but, you know, uh, the rest are going to get through. And, mm. uh, you know, using uh, TLDs such as .com or .net or any of the others, you're not going to be able to block it by TLD. Now, some of these TLDs out there are very bad. We know to block them like .tk, for example, uh, the, these free domains that are out there. Uh, yeah. But not everybody knows that, uh, particularly if you're a home user. Uh, so there's millions and millions of people uh, that use the internet for personal purposes that are non-technical uh, that are going to look at a domain name and assume that uh, this is what they should click on to maybe go pay a bill or something. Uh, and they're going to go right, there. Right. And uh, so we see a lot of this. Now, using machine language uh, has helped us a lot uh, in the past uh, five years or so, all right? Because we, we can detect what looks legitimate. We can do bit shifting and distance algorithms and things to kind of figure out proximity uh, to some keyword. Uh, but what we've also managed to do is take a lot of the machine language code uh, and not rely on those seed values of keywords uh, and then build clusters of domains that uh, uh, were registered at a given time. For example, uh, New York uh, City Hospitals and Healthcare uh, with many, many different TLDs, uh, but they're all registered in China. And uh, I doubt China has anything to do with New York City healthcare. <laughs> but right, right, right. yeah, it, it's that type of, uh, you know, um, mechanisms that they use uh, to try to get people to go there. Uh, and we saw many, many thousands of domain names that were very, very related uh, that would be hard to pick up if you if you tried to base it on seed values uh, based on some brand or uh, some known keyword. And uh, so the technology has gotten better. Uh, but again, you know, the, I'm not so sure the humans have. <laughs> so no, I've used it in some talks, right? You know, the human species in our earliest recording history, it, it went to the, the second generation of brother killing brother, right? Right. Is that thieving and murdering has been with us our entire documented history. Now we can just do it, at least the thieving anyway. No one's figured out a way to kill somebody with a computer. You know, the thieving you can do at a greater distance and scale with far less physical risk than you ever have been able to before, right? Agreed. That it, as much as people talk about technology revolutionizing thing, it's revolutionized fraud where you can steal on a scale that just wasn't possible previously. People have been stealing forever. Check fraud. They made a movie about it. Yeah. What's that movie? The Tom Hanks one. Can't Catch Me? Something like that. Uh, I don't remember catch me name. if you can. I know what you're talking about. Catch me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's catch me if you can. And that is back, you know, back in the and scamming free flights in the airlines. As somebody who did a lot of business travel back pre-pandemic, I feel that. You go stick it to them airlines. That's right. And you know, as far as like uh, being able to uh, uh, create a level of deception to perceive humans, that's been going on for since mankind.
right? And, uh, you know, what's the famous uh, Trojan horse, right? Uh, that's a primary example you see in a lot of security commercials and things, right? Because it, it was so long ago, but it worked. And yeah, 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 we're, yeah, we're, yeah, hit the, a, a cyber criminal tactic so old, it's literally talked about in Greek mythology. Exactly. And uh, so, you know, what we also see is that these domain names, uh, you know, even though we see these large clusters and things being formed, um, a lot of times they make, uh, they're not based on any keyword values or anything like that. They're strictly numbers. They look like DGA, domain generated algorithms. uh, Right. And uh, we see thousands of those clustered together Uh, for what purpose? Don't know. Uh, you know, we've run some uh, analysis on those domains to see when they're active, when a website or MX record goes active, uh, and it's really all over the place. Uh, it depends on you know what they're up to. They may leave those domain names out there a year or more uh, because you, you know, they've gotten equally sophisticated as well uh, in some ways. Uh, you know, they they know that uh, these tech stacks are going to look at when it was a domain created. Oh wait, this is a new domain. I shouldn't go there. Uh, you know, uh, uh, or look at the uh, register, register and say, okay, well, you know, th- this is uh, such and such. I probably shouldn't trust that one either. Uh, so they, they've kind of adapted as well. And uh, one of the things I also see is not only in the domain name themselves, but in the FQDNs. Uh, mm-hmm. chances are you're not going to block Azure or, or AWS. So what they do is they create uh, layers deep of subdomains. Uh, and they, you can actually bury an MX record at a, uh, a deep subdomain level. And mm-hmm. uh, so, of course, uh, you know, when I did my analysis of uh, uh, many, many DNS records uh, with domain names and FQDNs, um, I only found about 2% out of a million. Uh, had MX records, uh, you know, many layers to the left of the uh, uh, root uh, and TLD. Uh, but it was interesting to see that that I, I think that that trend will uh, become more uh, prominent uh, as they learn to be able to do these type of things. Now, some technology does things like CNAME flattening. I don't know if you've heard that term, John. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we see that as well. And, uh, you know, being able to uh, isolate and pick apart those uh, uh, C names. Uh, and uh, that works sometimes, but they'll only go so many layers deep as well. Uh, because, you know, how many times can you do that recursively uh, without consuming resources and uh, delaying your uh, analysis? If it, you know, the general rule is if, if you got to wait one to three seconds, uh, you know, in an extra step uh, on the Internet, that's a long time. And right. uh, so, so people may, may or may not do that. So um, it, it just really depends. Uh, but the, the level of domains, like I said, that we're seeing, uh, they haven't decreased. Uh, you know, we're see- still seeing uh, large uh, clusters uh, increase. Uh, but one thing that, you know, they tend to do is uh, use these free level domains, uh, which, you know, if you're behind a corporate VPN, it's easy to block. Right. And, uh, you know, if you're relying on your vendors such as Microsoft or Apple or something like that to be able to block that for you, uh, you may or may not be, uh, uh, on, you know, uh, successful in that. But uh, it right. really just depends. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, it's something I struggle with, 
do is like, you know, I create threat feeds, right? You're familiar. Those go into quad nines and DNS zero free DNS providers to the right. consumers, right? Because nobody gives consumers anything. Right. So could I create lists of clustered domains and, and push them out there to globally block everything at a near global scale? Sure, I could do that, but the risk of false positives are high. You know, so the bigger providers don't want to do that. Now, if I'm a CISO and want to proactively pre- prevent, and you made you made a re- reference to this, I can't go to Quad Nines and say block TK in its entirety. That's going to end in litigation, and I'm going to lose. That's right. well, um, maybe I don't lose, right? But that just brings back the anti-spam lawsuits of the '90s, and nobody wants that world again. Now, if I'm a CISO, I'd be like, you know what? There ain't no business need for anybody to go to that TK. No partner, no customer, no nobody is doing .tk or .xyz or .bid or .trade. Like if you blocked like 10 TLDs, you're blocking about half of the half of the malicious stuff in DNS, right? I mean, most of the malicious stuff in DNS is .com, but that's where over half the internet still is. I think the last time I looked in your data, it was like half half of the domains were .com and half of the domains you know globally are registered through GoDaddy. That's right. And you know, you, you know what really makes it frustrating too is, uh, of course, privacy shields. Uh, well, yeah, and, uh, the, the, that's that, that's its own rant, right? Exactly, right. I fought uh, that fight. I lost. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we see is, you know, a legitimate business is not going to hide themselves or, or have a need to hide mm-hmm. themselves. You know, for personal reasons, I understand. You know, I've got several domain names I own that uh, I don't want my personal information out there. I get it. Right. Uh, but uh, if I'm, I'm a business, uh, you know, particularly a large, uh, legitimate business, uh, I, I may not want to hide that information. Uh, but, you know, if I'm a startup or something, maybe, you know, so, so it becomes this gray area. Why is it hidden? Right. Uh, is it for nefarious purposes? Is it for legitimate personal uh, or is this an actual business? Right. Well, why would why why would I do business with somebody who wants to transact anonymously? Right. You know, there are some industries where that's okay. There's plenty of less than honest industries where that's the norm. But a reputable registered business wants to know its customers or know its know its vendors and partners. Right. right? You, you, you know, want just as much as they want to know the customer. I want to know the business as well. Well, and, right. Yeah. And uh, so this makes it really hard. Uh, when they use privacy shields, uh, because mm-hmm. you know, it could have been registered in China or uh, Russia or anywhere. Uh, you simply don't know. And mm-hmm. uh, so that type of anonymity uh, makes it very difficult to make a solid decision. Correct. Well, you know, how, how do we get around that? Is, is that's the world that I've made reference. I fought this fight and I lost. You know, all the privacy guys are like, hey, this is what we need. It's like, I don't know. How about we take the, the, the opinions of the people who actually protect privacies for a living? Right. right. I mean, the CIA triangle confidentiality is the first letter. That's us. You know, we keep secrets secret. That's that's why we're here. The, the only way I could see fixing this is really start over. Right. Mm-hmm. Where you have legitimate TLDs that are very difficult to register. Uh, you have to go through a formal registration process. Uh, you know, I, I, I've seen some companies where you have to send in your business registration and things to get a, a domain name uh, for your business. Uh, we don't want to make it to the point that it's so bureaucratic that it slows down, right? The internet's supposed to be very fast, uh, you know, dynamic. Let's let's get it up and running today, right? Uh, and if we add those uh, uh, speed bumps, that's going to slow everything down, uh, and in some cases may even fail and hurt people. So uh, there's two sides to that argument, and uh, so 
not sure exactly what the answer is there, but except to create some level of trusted TLDs that are very difficult for uh, the mm -hmm. general public to just consume up. Like .com today to me is garbage. Uh, there's mm -hmm. nothing trustworthy in .com anymore. Well, and I, th I, yeah, I think most people don't realize that there's a reason there's .com, .org, .net. They, they are, they are purpose-driven global top-level domains. That's right. And you know, uh, it was supposed to be commerce and like, dot .gov, dot .mil, right? Yeah. And no one's getting a .mil or a .gov, right? It's it's <laughs> it's very US centric, right? And .gov is US government, .mil is US military. But, you know, there's also technological reasons why you can't open that to every government in the world either because who would be the registrar? Exactly. Um, trust. Yeah. Yeah. Countries don't trust each other. You think the United States and Russia are going to come to terms on which 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 organization will control their DNS when we've the relationship is broken down on arms, nuclear arms control. Exactly. Yeah. So how, how do we fix this? Uh, that that's one proposal. I, I'm not sure. It's it's like trying to solve the crime problems or homeless problems. I'm not sure there's an answer or what that answer is. Uh, you know, when it comes to DNS in the in the domain name space, uh, there's a lot of arguments. Like I said, on both sides for any topic that you want to propose uh, to be able to solve it. Uh, it it's not anything that I, I think we'll see fixed in our lifetime. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, good news is my kids are going to college. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, let's, let's, let's adapt the question somewhat different. I, you know, my brand impersonation is on top of mind of many technical executives, mm -hmm. but unlike other forms of cybersecurity threats, there isn't a tool I can put in my own environment to detect it. Right. Cause right. brand impersonation doesn't touch my network. Uh, it doesn't, you know, there's no, there's an EDR events not going to find it. Your border firewalls aren't going to find it. So I'm a CISO. I want to find people misusing my brand to try to defraud my actual or potential customers. How do I go about finding that? And what can I do when I do find it? Well, it, it's kind of like uh, looking at the earth from the moon with a pair of binoculars and saying, find Waldo. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> good luck. You're not going to do it. And uh, but that external view in uh, is somewhat getting a little bit better uh, as the technology increases, the speed of uh, you know resources increases, uh, and being able to identify. You know, first you have to identify what is your brand, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, what what are you trying to protect? Uh, you know, being able to look at and place those seed values into a system uh, that says, okay, I know I'm external. I'm looking out. Uh, what do you see? Well, you have to have a complete data set to do that. Right. Uh, or, or somewhat complete. Uh, when I say somewhat complete, maybe 90% or above. And uh, some, the higher the value, of course, the, the more accurate you'll be. Uh, but doing things like distance uh, uh, algorithms, uh, Levenstein, things like that, right. You're going to be able to pick up, a lot of uh, things now where we didn't look before was, and we didn't have available to us was DNS records, 
right? Because a lot of the uh, uh, registries out there, they don't allow zone transfers. They, they keep their information very secret. Uh, you mentioned .tk. That's a prime example, right? Uh, they don't share with anybody. <laughs> and uh, so we got to learn those. We got to discover those. Uh, and those mechanisms that we have today, those partnerships uh, that are built between security companies and you know the telcos, the ISPs to cl- passively collect that information uh, and build this type of data set uh, to where you can run analysis against it uh, to see, okay, does this affect my brand name? Uh, is getting better, and uh, so that that you know is the hope that not only do you look at the root name, but all then you know, uh, but more so the entire FQDN, uh, because you know how, how do you take action against a you know some a, a subdomain of a subdomain of a, a root domain you know uh, when it's hosted in AWS well you can contact AWS but get, good luck getting a hold of them <laughs> and it's going to take a while by then the damage is done you know once these websites go active uh, or whatever they're doing MX records whatever the case may be um, you know it happens very quick and I, I think with after seventy two hours it's too late yeah. No, no, yeah. The lifespan of a phishing attack is not long, and it doesn't have to be, especially okay. for something that's targeted, right? It's just smash grab. I got my credentials. Now the sell them to initial access broker or log into something, you know, cloud SaaS world, right? You know, you, the foothold is the cloud login, right? That okay. that gives you share SharePoint or what have you, especially in those organizations that don't have MFA effectively employed or deployed, not, well, employed works too, I guess. And that's the whole new special world of incident response is doing it in the cloud where getting direct hands-on to the evidence can be challenging. That's right. Now, if you remember the IDS IPS uh, uh, evolvement, right? We had IDS, which did a great job of saying, hey, somebody broke into your network or here's a nefarious packet. I detected it hours ago but here it is what could you do nothing right no i mean i actually don't like the phrase intrusion detection systems i I was fighting lost with with you know back in the day of shadow where it was it was a project out of the navy you know it's just like you're not detecting intrusions you're detecting attacks it's difference that's right Right? You, you can't tell me if somebody got in you could tell me that somebody's picking the lock but once they're inside, you can't tell me much about anything. That's right. You know, chances um, are they're going to move horizontal. They've already established beachheads uh, that you may or may not ever know about. So what good was it? Right. <laughs> yeah. And then IPS came out and uh, IPS promised to prevent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it had a rough start. And uh, that's kind of where we are today, I think. You know, we're, we're in that rough start phase uh, to where we're, we're exploring more and more ways and getting more creative uh, with the uh, processing power that we have today and the resources uh, to be able to expand into these other areas. Uh, but being able to, to uh, from, you know, time to go live to time to detection uh, is still too wide. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is, right? And that's that's... The, the Verizon data breach report hasn't come out yet. Now that I think about it, it's coming, right? It's soon, uh, you know, but that that's the one metric I always track. Time from intrusion to detect to expel. Right. And it, it's gotten measured in months. At the start of my career, was measured in years. Yeah. And you I, know what really surprised me too, John, is that you got these large corporations out there, healthcare, finance, everyone else. Uh, they spend a tremendous amount of money on tech stacks. They have security personnel. And yet we still read them about in the newspaper. 
Now, how is a small business or someone personal supposed to protect themselves if these large organizations that have the resources can't? Mm-hmm. And they I, still make mistakes. I've got war stories, but there's a reason why I work in the vendor space for a small to medium business. <laughs> you know, it's a, either enterprises get it or they don't, right? right. And and more more don't than do get it, or they they take the mercenary math, right? Brand impersonation is a great example. I'd be like, you know, they're not stealing from me. Yeah, They're not taking my intellectual property and I'm not responsible for the fraud losses. Why do I care again? Exactly. Some companies do, right? You know, like if your credit card company, like actually they will eat the fraud loss eventually, right? If somebody steals your Chase card and then somebody's going to have to eat the expense when somebody uses that card to make a purchase and the item is actually shipped. Uh, you know, the organization I see taking steps against uh, uh, brand protection, of course, is the music industry, uh, where, you know, uh, they do go after uh, anything and everything you possibly can of value, right? Uh, if you're just a personal entity, you got a couple of hundred songs up there, they typically don't care about those, right? Uh, it's, it's you know, are you sharing millions of songs? Those are the ones that they want, uh, and they do go after oh, yeah. them, and uh, they do a good job at shutting them down. Uh, but they have the resources focused to do that. A lot of corporations don't, right? It may be the legal team. How are you going to track, you know, thousands of takedowns? Uh, no idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, that's its own special hell of, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of how many lawsuits I have going that I'm litigating, five. No, I'm only litigating four. I'm a party of a couple of others and just keeping track of all of that is, is a challenge. So exactly. So multiply that by, you know, a thousand or two or whatever. It's an impossible task. Right. right? Jira for law firms. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Talk talk about supporting their kids in college, (laughs) you know, future grandkids, everything else. Right. It's just amazing. Uh, But, uh, you know, so as technology changes, as things change, uh, you know, the, the, they adapt, they, they, it, it, to me, it's interesting. They still rely on domain names so heavily uh, mm-hmm. because uh, that, that that new frontier, right, of building things in the cloud, making things, uh, you know, um, yeah. I, I, I guess if you are a modern day uh, scammer or fisher or whatever, uh, you know, you might want to look at the, the newer technology out there uh, and uh, kind of adapt to that as well instead of relying on twenty year old, uh, you know, ways of uh, doing this. Well, I, I, it's got to be accessible to people. It's like, I'm convinced that if it weren't for ransomware, Bitcoin would not be as big of a thing, anywhere near as big of a thing as it is, right? CryptoLocker in 2013 gave society an introduction to Bitcoin because, oh, all my wedding pictures or whatever got encrypted. You know, oh, I got to send $300 in Bitcoin. What is this? And as more and more people notice, the value increases, not because of the, they have anything to do with Bitcoin. It's how more people see it, they see the ch- the value as like, Oh, this is a gold rush. And then the insurance companies came in who have to stockpile cryptocurrency to pay ransom demands. And now you, you created, you created an entire industry, but it's, it, it's hard to introduce new technologies to people. That's right. Um, so yeah, you can point me to a new technology. I'll, I can figure it out. I don't know that I got time, <laughs> but yeah, you know, the, it, all, it all comes back to the human. When I worked at Symantec, my uh, specialization was uh, the healthcare industry, and they are notorious for trying to adopt change. 
uh, and it's not the IT staff so much or the CISOs or in, in anyone in that department, but uh, the CTOs, it, it's the physicians. And guess who wins? The, the physicians. physicians. That's right. No. And, and if they don't every, want the every organization flow, has, has their class of people that they just get their way in higher education's professors exactly. and healthcare it's physicians. You can't tell them what to do. In most businesses, it's a sales force. If you try to change their workflow or their daily habit, they will bark and they will win. And uh, so it, it didn't uh, uh, resonate a lot of times and, and it was a major challenge. Uh, and, and I don't think that's uh, uh, changed from five years ago. You know, it, it's probably uh, very much still the same. Uh, so, you know, uh, when you look at these tech companies out there, the security companies are heavily involved in being able uh, to detect, you know, all these domain names and things, block them to detect what they're doing. Who's listening? Mm-hmm. You have to have an audience. Yeah. And, you know, to the millions of people out there that don't subscribe to AV or have, you know, know how to build up a, a secure environment, even in their home, uh, they're out of luck. And there's still millions of dollars to uh, be had on those people. Uh, so this is still very, very profitable. Absolutely. Right. And that, yeah, that's again, you know, it's like, when is this going to stop? When it stops being profitable. Exactly. You know? and- Crime pays, right? You know, the, the 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 reading rainbow message or whatever it was in the 80s of crime doesn't pay, yeah. you know, for where there's a physical risk, you know, breaking and entering or whatever. Yeah, you, maybe you can make that argument on the internet. We know countries that host criminals that they're never going to be prosecuted by U.S. law enforcement. That's and I know that there's certain countries that if I decided to attack right now, that the FBI and or other three letter agencies would just be like whistle and look the other way. Yeah. You know, if I wanted to be part of that, you know, that's just, that's just the way the world is, is we, we have a globally interconnected world and we have a localized law enforcement system. The criminals have figured that out and the scale of crime has just gone up well, in terms of that. So the average life. person, they're on their own. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. They're, they're isolated. They're, uh, you know, uh, left to fend for themselves. And, and there, there really isn't uh, a lot anyone can do a lot of times. Uh, you know, the, the you know, scammers are, are deploying multiple vectors uh, to be able to launch an attack. And I call it an attack because that's exactly what it is. Uh, you know, th- this isn't uh, some form of, uh, you know, uh, a goodwill. <laughs> uh, they're after money. The end result is money. And, uh, you know, so the, the, the attack reward is uh, money. So uh, that's absolutely not going right. to change anytime soon. No, that's absolutely right. You, know, you touch on something that, that goes to a soapbox topic that I'll, that, that I'll leave it with is like, you know, there isn't anybody out there to protect the individuals, you know, ex- except for us, right? You know, we have technical abilities, some measure of free time. Is anybody listening? Anybody with these skills? Find some way to give, give back your expertise to protect those around you. Not just friends and family. Because oh, your technology helped me fix my printer, right? Find some way to to contribute to something you're interested in in your local community, so that that we can make the world a marginally better place, or at least the scrap of dirt we happen to occupy. It, 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 as long as it's tolerable, right? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and. Uh, most of the people that uh, within my inner circle, of course, uh, you know, tend to be a little bit more savvy than the average user. And uh, so, you know, we, we learn to protect ourselves uh, and mm-hmm. share information and collaborate. Uh, but uh, a lot of these, for the, the majority of people don't have that. 
right? right. And uh, so they download every app from uh, you know Play Stores and everything, and you don't know what's in those apps. Uh, you know, they 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 click on anything uh, that looks interest to them, uh, or you know, a lot, you know, a lot of times they'll get a text message, particularly in uh, on the Apple platform where you can use a uh, uh, characters and things, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, be able to click on a link. And I had that happen to me last week, uh, pretending to be the CEO of our company. Uh, it's the oldest, stupidest thing out there, but to us, it's stupid. You know, go out and buy gift cards. I'm in a meeting, right? The, the, it works, right? It works. You know. Yeah, people still do it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I said unlimited job security, you know, able to fund kids' college. Exactly, right? Yeah. And it, it, we've made a career out of this. Right. And uh, how far in your estimation have you think we've improved since you've been in this industry? Oh, it's gotten worse. Yeah. We're solving older problems, but newer risks are adopted faster than we have time to to analyze them. Right. right. And you think about car hacking, right? Before anybody knew that was a thing, somebody remotely hijacked a Jeep of, you know, with Andy Greenberg driving it. Right. You know, it's not until after crime has been successful at a scale where it got noticed that anybody does anything about anything. That's right. You know, we could talk about any number of things, right? IOT threats, you know, the security of this, that, and the other thing. Right. And, and nobody's really thinking about the risks until somebody has already been victimized. That's right. And, you know, there's a gentleman I follow on uh, LinkedIn. I won't mention his name in this podcast, but uh, he, he coined the term, um, uh connected equals hacked uh cloud equals breached mm-hmm. and uh that's exactly i think what we see a lot of times in the cloud is databases being breached customer databases stolen you know and when you got companies like t-mobile and different ones that are having their data breached uh you know again they, these are companies with tremendous amount of resources and things like this continue to happen uh so to me yeah it's gotten worse it hasn't gotten better uh, yeah, and the conf- whether it's a configuration mistake or anything on the back end, uh, you know, when, when I was managing uh, uh, AWS security for a very very large corporation, if I if I mention the name, I'll probably get in trouble. But uh, <laughs> you know, they, they had thirty thousand instances uh, that we had to automate the security for, and uh, they still got breached. Uh, simply because yeah. a, a third party contractor uh, decided mm-hmm. to throw some keys up on GitHub. And, uh, you know, it was all about make it easy. Uh, you know, let, let's uh, not think about security uh, because it's mm-hmm. getting in the way. And, no, uh, I, I, yeah. we still have that mentality today, you know, I mean, uh, it's, you know, Bay area based company, right. The, the effort ship it mentality, right. You know, yeah. just get one out the door, right. You can either do it fast or do it right. And yeah. fast means, you know, seed funding and series A, B, C, and IPO doing it right has little economic advantage. So here we are. Right. And I, and that's, I don't, you know, I don't know how you fix that problem I, unless you I, come up with a new economic model that isn't capitalism and socialism. <laughs> uh, that's a big problem. Uh, I, I'm not sure yeah. you and I have the answer for that, but uh, you know, nope. there's a, a great chart in the internet. I, I, I'm sure you've probably seen it, right? The more you have around, the more you'll find out. And uh, <laughs> uh, which I love because it applies just about to everything, and it's so generic. Uh, but you know, uh, the more you uh, deploy into these clouds, the more you expand, the more the more you're going to find out you got problems. 
And how do you right. deal with those problems? Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, so, uh, you know, we're, when we're talking about DNS domain names, of course, you know, th- those are the, uh, the public phone book, right? The white pages of everything. And it's got anything and everything you want in it. What still amazes me today, though, John, is how many people out there still use descriptive uh, host names and subdomain names to describe the infrastructure. Not only the infrastructure, they'll, they'll throw text records in there to describe what version of software they're running. You know, right. I, I, I don't get it. I thought we were past that at one point because it seemed to drop off a little bit. But we're right back to where we were 20 years ago. You know, serve records, text records being used. Uh, I did a search, for example, something as simple as Jenkins uh, and found right. so many instances of Jenkins with the version numbers, uh, firewall yeah. clusters with their name, the version, you know, uh, what in, you could des- describe what the intended purpose was. You know, so you're, you're, you're basically opening the book and whether it's vulnerable in front of their eyes. Yeah. 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 So here we are. Right. Here we are. So we've covered a lot, lots of ground. We could probably go for longer, but, but, you know, do need to to wrap it up here. I want to thank you again, Ed Gibbs from who is XML API, great resource that people can use uh, to to get their own local copy of the internet's white pages uh, for data analytics or, or SME API services. Uh, so thank you for tuning in. This is the Death Labs uh, Cybersecurity and Threat Research Podcast. We broadcast every uh, every other week on Wednesdays. You can find us on your favorite podcasting app and look forward to catching you again uh, for our next episode. Thank you, everybody. 